I remember the stars. I remember the stars. As though they were, I was looking at them right now. I remember leaning over the rail at the lodge on the safari in Africa, leaning over and looking at those stars. Oh, my goodness. How can there be so many stars? <laughs> you know, I've seen dark nights before with a lot of stars, but just something about this. I remember the stars. I remember looking up and seeing all of the stars. I remember that the week we were there for missions and we're building, it was hard work, building houses and building uh, uh, walls for the, uh, the fence for the, for the baby's home and holding the babies and playing with the, the orphans that were there. It was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. But at the end of that, we had the opportunity to go to a, just a couple of days, that, that, that well, almost two weeks of, of relaxing a little bit and go on safari. And I would just remember, and as I looked at the stars, I, it, it reminded me of the hope. It reminded me of the, the great week. It reminded me of the, the lives that we touched and the, the work that we did. And it just stirred my heart. And, and it made me think of how, how much there is uh, goodness that God wants to do in our life, even when we're surrounded in a world of negativity. And if you haven't noticed, we are in a world of negative. <laughs> the world thrives on that. You know, the, the, the saying maybe you've heard about the, uh, if it bleeds, it leads in the news. That's because that's what they push. That's who they are. Everything about it is, is negative. And maybe in your life you see that too. Maybe you see that in your relationships or in your business or in your finances or in your health. Like, no, no, no. All these negative that seems that easily surround us. But something about staring at the stars reminding me of God's yes. And it, might, it made me think of Abraham and how Abraham was promised an inheritance and promised something so profound and, so, and promised something so big and, and, and so far beyond what he has by looking at the stars. And I think God did that on purpose. Every time he walked out at night, in Abraham's day, it must have been just amazing to see all the stars up there. And, and when he looked at the stars, he would see and remember, okay, God's going to do something. God promised something. It's going to happen. Why? Because I can see the stars. And if it was a cloudy night, just in case there was cloudy uh, nights out and he couldn't see the stars, then he said, look at the sand. That, that's how, many, uh, how much blessing I'm going to bring in your life and in your family. So he was stirred to see and to believe. And I want to talk about that. I want to stir your heart this morning. I want to stir your heart about finding God's yes in a world of no. Finding God's yes for your life. And I wanted to make that as, this as is, is personal and, and as uh, connecting to you as, as, um, as could happen. In other words, what are you believing for? What is it that you're asking for? What is it that you think, man, God, if you could just do this, if that can happen or if this can move or this can change or whatever it is, in a world of no, can you believe and can you find God's yes? Now, if we're looking for God's yes, the first thing we need to do is sort of step back a little bit and say, well, where do these no's come from? Where do the no's come from? <laughs> they are in our world. They are external. It's easy to be surrounded by people of no. It's easy to just be surrounded by things and, uh, and, or, or even our physical body sometimes just says no. Like, I want to get up and walk three miles every day. My body says no. <laughs> this is just me. <laughs> Come on, sometimes, sometimes we want to do that, we're surrounded by no, but it's not always external, sometimes it's internal. Sometimes it actually comes from us, the no is inside of us, I can't. 
It won't happen for me. And not only is it external or internal, sometimes it even comes from an enemy or the enemy that says no, or even heavenly. What do we do with that? How do we process that? How do we, how do we find and understand that? And this morning, I want to stir your hearts. Are you ready? Are you ready for God's yes? Are you ready to find God's yes in your life? Are you ready to see what God wants to do in your life, what the promises that are there that we're going to willing to step into? In the midst of all the no, are you ready to find God's yes for your family, for your health, for your spiritual walk? Are you ready to find God's yes in what God's trying to do? So let's just start with this. God's yes, God's yes is found, most importantly at the beginning, with the spirit of yes. God's yes is found with the spirit of yes. And you say, well, what, what do you mean by that? You will never find God's yes with the spirit of no. You'll never find it. Whether it's external, internal, wherever it's coming from, you'll never find God's yes in your life and what God's trying to do and believing for it with the spirit of no. I remember I was, I was at this huge event. It was this huge church event. It wasn't ours, but I was just uh, invited and part of it, and I was there with a friend, and it was just a mammoth. And, and I said, I said, wow. Do you think ever God can ever, to my friend, who was part of, uh, of the church at the time, way back when, and I said, do you think God can ever do this? He, he hesitated for a minute and thought and said, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little blunt, but I, I got it. I got it. He was just being real, and he was a good friend, and, 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 and that's it. But something inside of me says, okay, but I'm going to believe Yes. <laughs> I got to surround myself with people that say, not just yes people, but people that have a spirit of yes. It says, you know what? This is something that maybe can happen in your life if you trust God. Now, we know the story of Moses. Maybe many of you do, but I'm going to briefly sort of put it into a different picture for you. Because you see, Moses lived his life in a world of no. Moses was continually faced with no. Let's start with his birth. <laughs> no, you will not live. And unfortunately, even in our world, we, we, uh, some deal with that at the very beginning. No, you will not live. No, and, and so the, the Pharaoh tried to take his life. He almost you know, got eaten by crocodiles in the Nile River. At the very beginning, it started out no for Moses. Because you know the story where Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses and pulls him in, and he grows up in the palace and thinking, hey, that's a pretty yes world, except he was a Hebrew growing up in an Egyptian palace. <laughs> you know, he, he tried to be Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. He talked like an Egyptian. Come on. You know, he tried, but he was always Hebrew. So there was always that, you're, you are, but you're not. A world of no. You're not Egyptian. You're not enough. He understood that he was Hebrew. And so there was even a time when he would try to, to, he saw the suffering of his people and tried to go out there and said, I'm going to set my people free. I'm going to, he had, he had that dream long ago. He had that dream and said, you know what, I'm going to set my people free. So he sees an Egyptian beating up a, one of his Hebrew brothers and he goes out and kills the Egyptian. <laughs> Thinking, okay, we're on the road. We're, we're, we're doing this. This is going to happen. And then he finds, he, he goes to his own people and they say, you're going to kill us too? In other words... They rejected him. He got no from his own people. 
No, 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 no. How many say, okay, you're describing me. <laughs> Read my email. Sometimes it feels like that. No, 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 no. And he gets driven out into the wilderness where he finds his, uh, his wife and he lives not fulfilling that dream. The no to the dream was gone. And he had to live with that no. Feeling like maybe life had said no. That's where we find Moses. And I love Exodus 3, verse 1. It says, now Moses, having been there for years and years and years and years, having lived with the no, having understand this is all it's going to be is no, Moses, now Moses led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, to the mountain of God. Now you would think, what, what does that text mean? <laughs> I think that's the pregnant uh, verse that is so full of everything that God's about to do. You see, Moses led his flock to the, where it was green. It was probably summer, and in the summer it's brown. But up on the mountain over there, in, these, in this small mountain range, there was green grass. So he, he, he went there. He was willing to go there to the mountain of God. Now, some would, scholars were saying, you know what? Moses is it's probably writing this letter and reflecting, telling people that was Mount Sinai, that was the mountain of God. But he wouldn't have known it then. And so a lot of the very very astute scholars for years and years thought that until recent archaeology has found the writings where the Egyptians considered that whole area as belonging to the gods, because that's all they understood, long before Moses. And Moses growing up as an Egyptian, even though he was Hebrew, would have seen that and recognized that. So he knew very well that it was the mountain of God. And you don't go tra traipsing around the mountain of God. How many know what I'm saying? <laughs> You just, if you're in that mindset, you're there. But he was willing to go and risk that place. You see, there was still a, a spirit of yes in Moses. There was something that was still stirring inside of Moses that he, he, he couldn't even under, understand. He was willing to risk it. And if you're not willing to risk going in there, if you're not willing to risk the yes, then you'll, you will live in a world of no. If you're not willing to risk and say, God, I'm going to trust you for this. I'm going to believe for this. You're going to live in this world of no that's easily, easily surrounds you. And in Exodus, the next two verses, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says, Moses sitting there with his flock up there on the very edge of the mountain of God saw that a bush was on fire and it did not burn. It was not consumed. It just burned and burned and burned. So Moses thought, this is his thinking, this is what's in Moses' head, I will go over and see this strange thing. You know what he said? I'm going to go up on the mountain of God. I'm going to risk going up there because maybe something's going on. You know, because I don't know how long he looked at that burning bush before he realized it's not going to burn up. It's not totally uncommon for bushes to, to sort of catch fire in the wilderness like that. Not, not real common, though. So he must have saw it, maybe he thought, I'm going to watch that because maybe it's going to spread and i got to get my flock out of here. But then he said, wait a minute, it's not spreading. In fact, it's not burning up. This one little bush, it keeps burning and burning and burning and burning. I need to go. I'm going to do, because you, I believe with all my heart there was a, there was a, a little bit of that yes still there saying, I, I need to find out what's going on. And sometimes the world beats us down. And the world tells us no for so long that we think, no, I can't. But Moses was willing to go. Moses was willing to, to see what was happening. You see, finding God's yes means wading through a lot of no's. If you're going to find God's yes, if you're going to believe, the New Testament puts it another way. It says by, that you have to live by faith. 
And without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're, if you're not going to believe for the yes, then, then we'll never see God moving in our life. We have to believe and say, God, I'm going to step up. I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. And if all you feel is no, and all you're thinking is no, and all you know is no, you'll never see that. You'll never find that. Finding God's yes means wading through some no's. Expecting the yes. Expecting the yes. Years and years ago, Lisa and I were dating. Loved her so much. Still do. Probably more. And I was just in love, and I, so I wanted to marry Lisa. So I planned, I had this all planned out. You know, maybe it wasn't romantic enough or whatever, but I had this all planned out of where I was going to ask her and how I was going to ask her and what I was going to say and all, all this type of thing. Now, here's the thing. I was like really sure she was going to say yes. Really sure she was going to say yes. I, would, I didn't assume anything. I mean, I still had to ask. You still had to make sure, you know, get it, get it all done. But I, I, was, I was sure she was going to say yes. And you say, well, Greg, how did you know? Because I had been with her. You didn't hear what I said. You didn't understand, but I'll do it again. I was with her. I knew her. I, we, we were together. We, we dated. We were there. I knew her. I, I, had, I knew her heart. She still could have said no. I'm so glad she said yes every day for the last third, coming on 39 years. But the point is, the point is, she said yes. I knew she would say yes. And you know what? I think we miss that with God's presence. We don't know there's a yes there because we haven't been hanging out with God. I mean, we, we, we start up on Monday morning, and it's Friday before thinking, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yes. And we crack open the Bible, or we do a little quick devotion, or we throw up a prayer or whatever, and forget. It's about being in his presence. We sang earlier about the presence of God, the wonderful presence of God, and how it does so much, and yet we just avoid it. We don't read his word, or we don't uh, allow him to just speak to us. We're in a hurry. We say, okay, God, I got 15 minutes. I know you're running the universe and everything like that, but I got 15 minutes because I got to run my day. Instead of just saying, wait, wait, God, I, I know your presence. Because if you hang around his presence, you're going to find your yes. Did you just hear what I said? You're going to find your yes in your life if you're willing to say, God, I trust you. God, I'm believing for what you're trying to do. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I shared this uh, with the men's meeting, which, by the way, was amazing. You should have been there because it was just the pancakes that were just great. But it was, it was a great, great, great meeting. Uh, and I read this verse, and I love the comment that one of the, one of the guys said. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. No matter what they are, they're yes in Christ. you got to get that part. You can't move on to this other part until you get that part. They are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. And though and through him, amen, is spoken by us to the glory of God. We say amen to his yes. We have to acknowledge. In other words, we have to have a spirit of yes to his yes. We have to say amen Amen, so be it, it is. I'm going to accept that. I'm going to believe that. Are you believing that? Are you accepting the yes that God's trying to have in our life, that you're trying to do in our life? We'll never, never get there until we do. So I think sometimes we say, oh me, <laughs> this can't be. Instead of amen, so let it be. <laughs> are we oh me or are we amen? 
Are you living your life last week? Just think about last week and like, oh me, oh me, this, this, this is not going to happen. This is not going to be. Or are you believing and saying, amen, <laughs> so be it, God. So be it. You're going to do this. You're going to move my life. You're going to open the doors. You're going to change situations. You're going to change hearts. You're going to move. You're going to create miracles if I'm willing to trust you, if I'm willing to believe in you. Are you? So sometimes we just have to understand we have to keep a spirit of yes. Come on, keep a spirit of yes. God can do it. Have that faith. Believe that what God's trying to do in your life. But secondly, God's yes is found in by uh, God's yes is found by breaking our no. Because you see, the no is not always external with the circumstances, the situation. Sometimes the no, the no comes right from who we are, what the what the way we're thinking, what's what's going on inside of us. We we wonder. You see. Moses gets there, he sees the burning bush, and, and uh, God says, this is holy ground, take off your feet. Uh, this has always confused me, because I'm thinking, uh, what do you want, sandals or stinking feet? I don't understand. But the point of it is that you remove everything, and you're in God's presence. And so he's sitting there in God's presence, and God begins to speak to him out of a burning bush, okay? So God's speaking out of a burning bush. Incredible miracle that's not consumed. So it's fire, but it's not fire, because obviously it's not fire because it's not burning. It's just incredible right in front of him. And then Moses says, I don't know, what, how's this going to happen? And he says, I'm going to give you a miracle. He said, throw down your rod. So he throws down his rod, and it turns into a snake. And then he says, grab the snake by the tail. Always a good move. I was just uh, uh, probably a young boy, and I went hunting. What was more like shooting with my brothers and my father, two brothers and father, we're out on this Texas road in the middle of nowhere, water on both sides. And I looked up and I saw, it was crazy, because I always wanted one of these. Right in the middle of the road was, you know those big rubber snakes you, you see at the fair? And there was one right in the middle of the road. It's a huge, big rubber snake right in the middle of the road, right in this. I'm thinking, man, this dirt road, I'm going to, because I, my brothers would grab before I had uh, I wanted it. So I ran up to grab this big rubber snake by the tail. It was a rubber snake. Okay? So I grabbed it by the tail, and the thing moved. Huge water moccasin. I mean, biggest water moccasin I've ever seen. And the thing moved, and it was going to turn, and I am a dead man, except fortunately my, my, my brothers had a little bit more sense, and then my, my brother just older me, came up with a 22 and shot. Boom, 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 boom. Missed it all time, all, all five times. Missed everything. He had this little boom, 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 boom. Snake was moving around like that. Of course, my other brother had this uh, 14 shotgun. It wasn't a snake left. We, we couldn't even take home a souvenir. It was gone. But how many know it's not a good idea unless it's a miracle that you can pick it up by the tail and it turns back into a rod? And that's what happened to Moses. And, Mo, and God said, hey, put your hand in your, in your coat and pull it back out. And it was leprosy. Now put it back in and... Can you imagine Moses had to be careful? You know, if he got a Napoleon moment and puts it in there and pulls it out, like, oh man, I hate that, and puts it back in, has to turn back. Come on, guys, understand. These were miracles that God laid out right in front of Moses and said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do this. It is incredible. And then in, in, in verse 10, chapter 3, so now he says, now, come on, Moses, come on, now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. To bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Let my people go. I mean, you know, come on. You can believe in miracles if you just believe. I mean, that's what's going on. The choir was singing. You know, if, if this was a movie moment, 
the, the, the music would rise, you know, the choir would be singing because God said, go, set my people free. The angels would be dancing because angels dance, angels party, that's what they are. They are party creatures. They party all the time. They're always singing and shouting and dancing all the time. You're forming choirs, you know, in the field or whatever. They're always dancing. They're always like dancing, dancing. So you can just see the angels. You can just see the angels. They're dancing. They're excited. Oh, man, this is going to be amazing. Let my people go. Someone was singing what you believe. I mean, no, it's just an incredible moment. And all of a sudden, one says, wait, wait, what did I hear? What did I hear? Moses said, uh, no. Moses said no, and I could see all the He said no, because they see they're with God. They're with the presence of God. They understand God, right? They see that, and so when God said go, I'm going to set my people free, this is a moment to rejoice and be happy, and Moses said no. He saw all those miracles, and he said no. How is that possible? Because you see, you got to see what Moses said. No. Why he said no? He said, no. Who am I? There you go. Greg, how come my life is filled with no's and everything? No, no, no. And I can't do anything like that. Because you're sitting there thinking the no is coming from you. And you're saying, who am I? Who am I? I love God's response. <laughs> he took his words and just twisted it around. Uh, you said, who am I? <laughs> I am who I am. See how he just turned him around? <laughs> it said, in other words, it's not about who you is <laughs> or who you are. It's about who I am. It's I am. You think and we think, and the reason we live such a no life all the time and we don't see God's answers and we don't see the blessings is that no is coming from inside of us that says, I can't. Who am I? And we're missing the point. God said, I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's in me. I can do it. The yes is in me if we're willing to say amen to that, if we're willing to trust that. So we think after this moment, we're good. Maybe the angels started going, okay, now we're good, now we're good, now we're good. Then all of a sudden, Moses said no again. You know that? He said no twice. To God. After seeing a burning bush, a rod that becomes a snake, and rod again, leprosy on his hands, and it disawake. Come on! How can Moses say no again? Really? God's done so much in your life. God has poured grace in your heart. God has, has poured salvation out to you, and we say no all the time. No, I'm going to do it my way. No, I'm going to act my way. I want, this is what I want. This is who I want to do. This is what I want to act like. It's the same thing. And that's what Moses did. Moses said, no, no, no. But this time his answer was, ah, send someone else. Someone more spiritual. You know, like Pastor Lisa. That's not funny. Don't laugh there. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Send someone else. And that phrase is the, is the phrase that echoes through eternity. I'm reminded of Ezekiel 22, 30, where God looks down on his people who are about to go into captivity, and says, I look for someone, someone, anyone, who would stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, on behalf of the people, so I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Oh, wow. 
that was, that's an amazing, amazing verse, sober verse. God was looking. I, I, I got yeses. God says, I got I'm full of yeses. Come on. I got a yes that's going to change your family. I got a yes that's going to change your life. I got a yes. I got, I'm full of yeses. Will someone stand up and believe and have a spirit of yes? Or are you going to have a no? No, not me. God, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. <laughs> Whatever. Instead of what God is able to do in your life. Look for someone found none. It's a haunting thought. You see, God's anger, it says, burned against Moses at this point. Because when all of a sudden we get to the point that we're not willing to be obey, then what is God going to do? God was merciful, and God was kind, and, and God was gracious to Moses. And even though he couldn't see it, even though he couldn't understand uh, God said, okay, I'll send you someone else. I'll give Aaron alongside. <laughs> I think I'm convinced that's why Jesus sent other disciples two at a time. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're struggling and why we need each other and why we need the church and the fellowship and the connection and the relationship and everything that has happened in, in, in our lives, are we willing to say yes? See, God's yes is in Christ. And... This verse, as is, is haunting as it is in Ezekiel, is also encouraging. Because you see, God looked and said, there was nobody that can stand in the gap. So I will go. <laughs> so Christ came. Because only Christ could stand in the gap for me and you. He looked and he saw no one. So he said, I'm going to have to go myself. I will send my word. I will send my son. I will send Christ himself, and he will come, and he'll stand in the gap. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad that he's there for me. So sometimes we, we have to understand we got to have the spirit of yes, and we gotta got to destroy that spirit of no that comes in. That's just part of our carnal nature, by the way. It's just who we are. Man's bias is always down. That's, that's the sin nature in us. We think down. It's easier to be more negative than it is to be positive. Although we get more benefits from being positive. If you go all day to be positive and say yes, and say it's going to be good, be good and God's going to move in my life, you will feel better than if you went all day doing what's natural. Like, this world stinks. My boss stinks. My wife stinks. Everybody stinks. <laughs> Come on. And instead of trusting and believing what God can do in our life. But what happens... And this last thought, what happens when God says no? And what happens when God says no? You see, God's yes is found in God's no. And it seems like it's opposite. It seems like that would be counterintuitive, but it's actually the, the, the biggest truth you can really grab a hold of this morning and understand God's yes, God's yes is found so often and the no that we don't understand. Jeremiah was a prophet before Israel went into the captivity, and he wrote Lamentations. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 44, it says, God, you have covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. Have you ever felt that way? You ever feel like that sometimes that feel like it's a, it's a brass ceiling that your prayers just bounce off. It's not going anywhere. Nobody's hearing. Nothing's up there. Hello? Nobody? Come on. 
(laughs) You ever feel that way? That's what Jeremiah felt. And so often that's how we can feel. We feel like, what happens when God says no? Is that is at the end? I you know that you know that that saying that phrase. Uh, when uh, when God shuts a door, He opens a window. You, you've heard that, you've heard it before. I hate that one. I hate it. I don't I don't like it at all. But you know why? Because it's not a window. Because first, when God shuts a door, there's no windows. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. At, Wait a minute. Where's that phrase come from? There's not a window there. There's not a window there. There's not a window there. There's not a window. There's no window. There's just one shut door. That's how we feel so often. So when God does that, how do we move? How do we, how do we behave? How do we, when there's not a window? And that's because God has something so much bigger than a window. He's going to move a whole wall. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to be like a garage door that opens up and all of a sudden everything is there because that's how God moves. Something bigger. His no creates a bigger yes. We just can't see it yet. We just don't understand what it is yet. We just don't know what God's doing yet. But his no always, always creates a bigger yes somewhere. You see, Moses' plan. This is Moses' plan. Moses had a plan. Moses' plan was, I'm going to kill Egyptians one at a time until I overthrow Egypt. How many know that was not a good plan? How many know that was not going to work ever? That was not going to work. (laughs) And so God said, no, Moses, no, not a good plan. Go out in the wilderness. What did God's no mean? I got something bigger. <laughs> I got something greater. <laughs> see, see you, you, you think you're going to kill them one at a time? That's not going to happen. I'm going to take care of them all at once. And it's going to be so big and so great that it's going to mark everything the, the Israel does for the rest of their existence. And it's going to mark your life. And it's going to spread around the world. I am going to do the most amazing thing. And the one event that is one of the most outstanding that you find through the whole Bible is when God parted the sea, brought his people through, and destroyed the enemy. You, you know the, the cartoon? You, you've seen the cartoon, the prince of whatever, Egypt. And, and there's whales. You see the whales swimming on the, on the side? Do you like that? I don't think there are whales. I think there were sharks. <laughs> I think I, I think you said, come on, come on. Let's see, let's see what happens. You see, when God does something, it's so much bigger. It's so much greater than what we think. We say, God said, no, my little bitty thing. We put God in such a tiny box. We put God in this little thing. God, you got to do this. God, if you just do this, and God says, I ain't doing that. I'm going to do this. You want this. You're believing for this. You want this. Come on. Are you willing to believe for this? Are you willing to see something so much bigger and greater? God said no to animal sacrifices because they weren't ever enough. Because he said there's something that's not, that, that won't ever take away the sins. They only point to what will. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. He became the yes. And I'm so glad he became my yes. In the midst of all the no's. In the midst of everything that's fallen around. And not able to, I'm not able to live up to. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said, God, I can't do this. This is really, really hard. You've got to do something about this. You've got to fix this. Paul is praying in faith, believing God's going to do it. God came back. No, Paul. So Paul prayed again. He said, oh, God, you don't understand. 
I'm serious. You think I'm kidding? I can't do this. You, you got to do this. You got to change this. You got to take this away. Whatever it is. Do it, Lord. Do it. Jesus came back and said, no. So Paul prayed again, just so he can identify with all of us. <laughs> prayed again, and he said, you don't understand. God, it's not that I don't want to. I can't do this. This is too much. It's too hard. It's too difficult. This is Paul praying. This is overwhelming. I can't. God said, that's the point. That's the whole point. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because my power is made perfect in your weakness. God's no. God's no was to open up something so much bigger, so much greater, a bigger yes than Paul could ever imagine, that Paul could ever dream of. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't want to do I don't want to, I don't want the torture. I don't want the pain. I don't want the shame. I don't want to do this. But not my will. Your will be done. God said, no. I got something bigger. You see, often I think we turn that around. We say, God, not my will, but your will. And let me tell you what your will is going to be. <laughs> That's what we do. Jesus did not pray that. Jesus said, I don't want to do this, but my, my will, your will be done. And God said, no, you have to go to the cross. Because when you go to the cross, it will open up and be a bigger yes for the whole world. God said no to Jesus so he can say yes to us. So that we can know him and have a personal relationship. I think sometimes we, we miss the incredible grace and power of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And why I always go over and over and say, look, you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart because that was a yes to God's no. That was a yes for you. You can have a relationship with God. You can know God. You can be forgiven of your sins. You can be cleansed if you say yes. But it started with a no. So if you're feeling like, God, the clouds are covering you up. I don't know why there's a no. I don't know why I'm, I keep asking. I don't know why. Then I want you to hear me. God has a big yes for you. You may not see it. You may not understand it. It may not be today or tomorrow or the next day. But God has it. If you trust him, it's big. It's great. There's things I'm believing that I haven't seen. But I know God has a big yes. And it's something that he will do that will be so much greater if I'm willing to trust. Are you? Are you willing to say yes? This morning, just for you, your life. Not thinking about person beside you or the person watching or anything else, but you. Are you willing to say yes? God, here's my life. God, I trust you. God, I'm going to believe. No matter, no matter what I'm saying, no matter seeing, no matter what's going on around me, I'm going to trust you and see God's yes in your life. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, 
He loved every single person here. God, I pray, and I just start right here, right now. If there's any heart that has kept all or a portion away from you by saying no, God, I pray right now, in the gentleness of your grace, in the power of your mercy, in the strength of your faithfulness, stir their heart that they say yes to all that God has. No matter what they're seeing, no matter what they're struggling with, no matter what's going on, your grace is sufficient. And in our weakness, you make us strong in you. So forgive us of our sins. Wash away all of the iniquity, all the failures, God. And let us live a life of yes and faith to you. God, I'm praying that. I'm praying that people pray that here this morning. I'm praying that people pray that with me online. And that, God, you're going to continue to explode. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Amen.